everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 543. We are that podcast talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ronma S. And I, 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 I sorry, I was still muted. Jesus, Rob is bad. Does is bad enough. Rob does that. I mean, between the fact that VLC wouldn't would not play the video and your audio, I'm just like, great. What more can happen tonight? You know. Don't jinx it. Well, I mean, given the good stuff I've been that's been happening to me lately, it, the, sh- the other shoe is gonna drop. So I just hope that this time it's a slipper and not a boot. Mm-hmm. So, okay, all right, here we go. Uh, let me open this up over here. Um, ah, so how are you tonight, Marco John? I'm freaking exhausted and feel like shit. Are you but, he- are you heavily hmm? medicated? What was that? Are you heavily medicated? Um, with allergy meds. Well, it's going to be an interesting show tonight. <laughs> no, nothing that bad. And Ari is out tonight due to work, so you know it's just the two of us giving y'all a good old time tonight. Ugh. Oh man, and. Can I can I just complain about the weather real quick though? Have at it. It's May. It should be sixty to seventy degree weather. I should be able to walk around in a hoodie and not worry about the wind chill dropping things down to fifty five. What last week we were in the thirties. I know. Last night when I went to bed, I'm like, why does it feel so warm in here? The heat was on. <laughs> oh, man. Jeez. Any, a, anywho, uh, we are, let's see, where are we? Yeah, where we are. We are live tonight, week of May 3rd, 2022, right here on Twitch TV. You can find us here live Tuesdays from 9 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern, right here at Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session. We're also part of the Voice of Geeks Network at vognetwork.com. And they're also on Twitch as well. So you can definitely check them out at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. They kick things off on Sundays starting at 8 p.m. with the Bobby Blackwolf Show, followed by Orange Lounge Radio at 9. And we also have a Discord. So come hang out with us at vognetwork.com slash Discord. Every show that's part of the Voice of Geeks Network has their own channel. So come through, hang out, talk. Share some articles. We'll probably put them on the rundown and discuss them. So, yeah. I, I think we got the gist of that. So, now that we got that out the way, Mako-chan, how was your week? Um, not bad. Uh, you know, just basically work and all of that fun stuff. But uh, this weekend, I did venture... And drove an hour out of my way to wait an hour in line to drive home an hour Mm -hmm. to get my first taste of New Jersey legal substance. Mm. 
So that means no need to drive all the way down to Baltimore, D.C. Or no, um, I mean, I still wouldn't mind doing that. Oh, yeah, but uh, we um, do have people out there like come through. Yeah, no, um, I am hoping that things progress and change because um, as of right now, there is a lot that is not being uh, sold for recreational use. Mm -hmm. um, and it's stuff that I want. So, yeah, at this point, I'm basically just uh, waiting for that stuff to hit the shelves as well. Um, rumor is right now that there will be two shops opening up uh, within 15 minutes of me. So Ooh, nice. I'm very happy about that one, too. But, yeah, I mean, other than that and uh, working outside around the yard this weekend... Mm. Um, I really haven't done much of anything. Gotcha. But it's been very nice to be able to sit back and do nothing. <laughs> Fair. Hey, you remember how you said earlier, don't jinx it? Mm-hmm. I forgot to hit the record button for the video. You dumbass. It happens. But on the plus side, I can just go into the Twitch dashboard and just download the episode and just edit it that way. That just means it's just an extra five minutes of time I have to deal with. So it's not that big of a deal. So. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. So. so my weekend day has been has been uh, the same as always. Um, except that... Well, I'll get into that in just a bit. I did go to Castle Point and... I will give you a brief rundown of the con, but if you want a, f a more detailed con report, uh, La Chocola will have her con report up, uh, I believe, later this week or next week. But don't worry, the Zenkai con reports will be going up this week. So, yeah. Um, work has been going good. Uh, I'm in the process of filling out the onboarding forms because I've finally been flipped over to full time. Woohoo! Thanks. The only downside is. I'm getting less than um, what I normally would be getting through the agency, which means I no longer will be getting the OT I normally get because normally they only, I take an hour, but they always deduct a half hour instead of a full hour. So that becomes OT. And when I did the breakdown, even if I wasn't getting the OT, I'm still fine. And the difference in pay weekly it's just $15. So I don't think um, $15 price differential is going to break me. But given the fact that I'm getting three weeks paid vacation throughout the year, additional paid holidays off, and a yearly bonus. <laughs> yeah, it that. works yeah. out in the end. Yeah, it does. It does. But my but my, my boss, you know, he, he would he said he would fight for us. He understands where I'm coming from. Cause I always believe that where you're working as a contractor, when you hit a certain when you're getting this uh, X amount from the agency, when you get converted over, they should the, the company should match or beat that. Even with all of the the benefits and so forth. Because some people will pay for benefits out of pocket. But given mm -hmm. the the long and short of it it's not I, I totally get it and again since I started this job I have not been like having ice water milkshake dinners you know and hoping till I get paid you know since I get paid like every two weeks you know 
So, you know, I'm good. I can't complain. The job's great. So, you know, and all that good stuff. So, And now that we got that out the way, we're going to get into some housekeeping. And most likely, this probably be a bit of a short show, so I apologize. So. Yeah, it is just the two of us, yeah. so... I, I did find uh, a couple other things to discuss, but it probably won't take up too, too much time. But, you know, uh, anywho, I wanted to let you know about some uh, housekeeping. Don't forget, uh, episodes of Anime Jam Session video episodes are available on YouTube. So you can head over to YouTube.com slash Anime Jam Session. There is a playlist called Podcast VODs, which should be listed there and you click on it it'll bring it'll show you all of the episodes that we we've done since last year um i'm probably going to go in and kind of like split the playlists off so you can see all the 2022 and then all the 2021 and then some so definitely check that out at uh at um youtube.com slash anime jam session and we also have uh upcoming conventions i i do need to erase this one since that just happened uh, don't forget, uh, in two weeks, uh, we have CloverCon, May 15th, in Bridgewater, New Jersey. Uh, ShikariCon, uh, August 20th to the 21st, in Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania. Pop Cult Anime Convention, August 27th to the 28th, Boston, Massachusetts. And RetroCon, September 24th to the 25th, in Oaks, Pennsylvania. Uh, please understand that we may have announced these conventions we're attending, but this will change at any given time. So we may end up not going to a couple of these conventions based on staff availability, health, fine, all of that. Just remember, we, we kind of do this out for, cause we love this and we do this for the fun of it. So, you know, basically. And as Calliope says, can't wait for CloverCon. Neither can I, I, I like that con. It's right up to me. It's right up there with uh, Zenkai. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to it just to be able to hang out with people. Yeah, yeah. And to think the day before that is the Japan Day Parade with the cast of the Sailor Moon Super Live. It's actually two separate casts that they've put together for the Inner Senshi. So the goal for that is to show up, record the parade as they come down to their performances, take pictures, then hop on a train and meet up with you guys. That's it. That, that's it. So. Yeah, I gotta figure out what's going on with uh, when I'm leaving, who I'm meeting, mm -hmm. where I'm meeting, all of that stuff. Well, I figured y'all will get there to get to the, the hotel before I will, so. Are you actually coming straight to the hotel, or do I have to pick you up? You're gonna have to pick me up from the train station. That's what I thought. Yeah. Because far as I know, there is no direct bus to that hotel. Okay. But if there's something close, I'll let you know. So far, Google Maps have been pretty good. So we'll figure that one out. So, <sighs> Okay. Um, I, I did not know where to put this, but I figured, I, put the, I figured this is figure under housekeeping or potpourri or something. Actually, no. I'll save this for uh, Geek Roundtable. So. So now that we got that out the way, um, as you can see, if you're new to the stream, we have a little uh, animated image on our stream here for HelloFresh. And if you've been following us in the chat, you know, you'll be seeing a pop up for HelloFresh on how to 
get up to free 16 free meals and three surprise gifts because again this week's episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. so let me give you a quick read and we'll continue along with the show because we because i gotta pay some bills one way or another so as 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 a song as an awesome song and dance goes you're looking for a spring refresh try something new Take your taste buds on a trip and explore different global flavors from your table with HelloFresh. With 50 weekly options, including a rotating selection of items at the HelloFresh market, there are plenty of delicious dishes to choose from, no matter the occasion. With HelloFresh, step-by-step recipes are super easy to follow and pre-portioned ingredients to help you cut out the prep time so you can get back to getting outside this spring. And the way the weather has been, can you really call it spring? With HelloFresh, it's so easy to adjust your plan and increase your order size to help with meal planning for large groups or to have leftovers for lunch the next day, like what Mako-chan does with her 16 free meals. HelloFresh offers veggie, pescatarian, and fit and wholesome meals to make it easy to stick to your goals. These recipes make it easy to eat well without sacrificing flavor. You can maintain your goals and feel good about your food choices with HelloFresh. So if you are interested in getting these 16 free meals, you'll see a link on our page at the bottom or pop up on the side here. If you do exclamation point, hello fresh, you'll get a little pop up that will tell you how to get that. And if you're not seeing that, and if you're listening to us, you can head on over to uh, hellofresh.com offer code P O G S E four, five, six, nine. You put that in, you're going to get up to 16 free meals and three awesome gifts. And you also get free shipping as well. And let me, uh, hit the uh target there so let's see hello fresh and there you go again use that code pogse4569 you get up to 16 free meals and three surprise surprise gifts as well and it's free shipping you can't beat free shipping i mean there, there was this one time i had like this really awesome five-piece surround sound speaker system i paid like 50 bucks for and I had to send it back to Creative Labs because it was because one of the speakers not working, and they didn't offer free shipping. It cost me like thirty bucks to send those speakers back. That sucks. They, these granted they were originally like eighty dollars, but I got um, Microsoft a price match Creative Labs' website for fifty bucks, but thirty dollars. I'm just saying the fact that you get all of this free free food and it's free shipping on top of that. The quote Yakov Smirnov, what a bargain. But anywho. Yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm glad you are. Mm. Yeah, I didn't feel like cooking today, so I made something really quick. But tomorrow is scallop and shrimp paella. Ooh, now I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a little salty. I haven't had paella in God knows how long. Yeah, the last time I had paella was years ago when I was out there with uh, you and Lauren. Oh, right. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Damn. All right. Uh, now we're going to get into the cool part of the show, uh, Geek Roundtable. This is where we talk more about something geeky and cool we want to share on this week's episode and talk about more of the geeky things we've been doing this week. So is that a and i just want to know mako is that an oron host reference i see right there that is not an oron host reference that That is a fruits basket basket. reference okay okay all right all right it was one of those yeah so uh this is my momiji as a bunny backpack Mm. 
Um, I have had this freaking thing for years, years and years and years and years. And, uh, yeah, so I, uh, this was one of the first, uh, little backpacks that I would bring to conventions with me to hold my wallet and my phone and my keys and things like that. That's mm-hmm. about all it's good, uh, sized wise for, but I brought this thing to, um, conventions, uh, all the time. I would actually put my convention lanyards around it so that I didn't have to wear it myself. And, uh. Yeah, <laughs> um, I have a tendency to uh, play with, um, I guess, various portions of my cosplay. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mobi- Momiji has been dressed up in various pieces of cosplay that I did not feel like wearing anymore. Um, I know that I have pictures somewhere of him in wigs and hats and things like that. So he was kind of a catch-all for all of that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What? I get bored, so I start dressing up my stuff. I didn't say it was a bad thing. I didn't say that now. Come on. I I didn't say that. I'm just like, oh, that's precious. Okay. It's better than dressing up the spiked orange juice bottle as Slash. Well, th- you have to admit that was kind of fun, though. That was hilarious. That was kind of fun. All right, there we go. That's how it worked. All right. So, for me, um, I've, I've gotten back into watching a little bit more anime. I am caught up with Rising of the Shield Hero Season 2, which is just, it just came, Season 2 just came out of nowhere swinging and beating on people okay that's how hard it was and i'm enjoying it um i'm caught up with spy family and i will say this if you've ever seen mr mrs smith you're going to enjoy spy family basically it's mr mrs smith meets spy kids it's like that um i'm caught up with the dub of love live superstar no sun no nijikasaki I actually stumbled across the dub by accident seeing the first episode. I was like, oh, wait, see, new season started. And I'm watching. I'm like, wait, this is the dub. Hold up. Hold up. It's good. I'm actually liking it. So I'm actually following the dub on this one. I just wish that the, the voice actresses would sing the actual songs. But I understand that it's not possible. So it is. And that's that. And I'm not complaining too, too much about that. Um, Let's see. What else is there? There was um Castle Point, which I will talk about next. And I want to go through some swag. Um, I always say that I, I am not going to buy stuff at conventions because I always had that rule of seven, which is the rule of seven dollars. And that's basically is if it costs more than seven to ten bucks than Amazon, if, if it's like if there's a seventeen dollar differential between the vendor and Amazon, I'll just get it off of Amazon. But sometimes you just end up getting it because it's right there, and it's like if you say, you know, I'll just get it off of Amazon, you'll totally forget unless you pull out your phone right there and place the order, you know. But BTW, your background is missing. I know, I know. I turned okay. it off. Yeah. Yeah, because um, remember when I showed off one of my figurines last time, because of the background, no, no one could really see Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. So that's why I turned off the background. 
that and I actually need to go see an optometrist and get updated glasses and get um anti-reflective lenses. But um so at Zenkaikon I bought three figures. Last week I showed off the Shikamaru Nara figurine. This week I am showing off Saber from Fate Stay Night Last Encore. And I believe this is Saber Nero, I think. If I am wrong, I know I am wrong. Because there's like, for every Fate series, there's a different Saber in a different color. So, and I, and I picked this up because there's like three Sabers that, that are my favorites that I enjoyed. is Nero, Lily, and then there's Artoria. So this is either Nero or Artoria. I think this is Artoria. Because Saber Nero is usually the blue one. So I picked that up. Um, that reminds me. I do need to grab uh, Lily Saber and Artor and, and Nero. I think I ordered them through uh, Otaku Mode. And there's just still they're still they're still waiting. And again, the thing that sucks is like when you buy when you buy um figures and stuff at a convention and you're waiting for the car you're waiting for the for them to ship and then when you're at a convention you see the figure right there and you see the price and it's like well saved half price but um before we get into the uh castle Cal uh con breakdown which will be like a brief review of the convention um i want to share something with y'all there, I saw this earlier this week, going into late last week. It's a figure. It's a plush of a of a particular Twitch streamer. Now, I understand you have people on Twitch who have big followings, and they start selling merch. And I have bought merch here and there because it helps to support the streamers one way or another. If you like. I know a lot of people who sit there and buy who support uh, Critical Role and buying like merch from them. You should do that. That's a really awesome thing to do. But I came across this uh, fig, th th this one, and I'm going to show it off for y'all. Uh, I just need to get the interaction going here. Put this right here, and. You can't see it. You can see it on top, and you're pro and you're looking at. It, you're probably like, "What is this? This is a plush of Twitch streamer, popular Twitch streamer Shibuya Kaho, or Kaho Shibuya. She has been very popular on Twitch lately. Some of you may already know her as a former JAV actress." And I have to say, I give her a lot of credit from go from transcending from adult work to non-adult work. She now goes to conventions and models different cosplays and represents various booths. And she still does various, you know, projects and so forth, which is cool. But the thing I had noticed was first was this up here was the super famicom controller pin in our hair which is cute and then the second thing i didn't notice until somebody told me that she has boobs and i realized 
This is the first time I've seen a plushie for sale that's kind of, sort of, anatomically correct. I'm just looking at this like, I, I can't believe this is an actual thing. And people are buying it. And good for them. I, I, I just needed to show it off and just be like, wow. And here's a couple other views of it. <sighs> and here it is with the actual uh, Twitch streamer herself, which I have watched. I, I have watched some, some of her streams and it's pretty nice. It's pretty chill. And, and I think she, last time she was on, she was playing Cobra Kai, the Karate Kid Saga continues. And I realized Shit, I need to sit down and finish that game. And Ronma421 says, she's pretty cool in person. And Cita Beery says, I know her mainly through YouTube content and showing up with others. So, yeah. Um, that was something I was going to say. And Ronma421 says, met her at HentaiCon in California. You lucky guy, you. I actually knew somebody that was on staff for that at the time. If there is another HentaiCon, I think me and Michael may have to go. For science. That would be an interesting. That would be an interesting convention. Well, yeah. I think that's a good thing, but you know, yeah, they did cancel it because of um COVID. Um, I think a friend of mine did um Piffle from uh Bondage Fairies, I think. But um. Enough about that. L let's talk about Castle Point. Oh. I am going to need some music. Not the proper background music I want, but it'll do. So Castle Point started out as a college convention at Stevens Institute of Technology, and it started, I think, in 2008. And they finally moved to Secaucus at Meadowlands Expo Center 2019. And that's when the COVID had hit. And right before that, I think two years prior, they went from one day to two days, which is pretty cool. Now, I like the fact that it's literally a bus ride away, like 15-minute bus ride. Meadowlands Expo Center, hotels are there, food places are there. Oh, by the way, Mako, there's a Red Robin out there now. Ooh. Yep. It's literally across the street from the hotel me and Chocola stayed in, so. Nice. Yeah. The downside is the Embassy Suites was sold to another company. Um, we I thought we were staying there, but we stayed at the courtyard, which I realized it wasn't that bad of a walk. It's like walking from the Hyatt Place to the Convention Center. On the plus side... There's an outback right downstairs. And yes, I did get my steak on last weekend. So <laughs> I got myself an 18 ounce ribeye. So I'm good. Now, again, one of the issues I find with the convention, I, I found same thing with ZenkaiCon the lack of good panels. I thought the, the selection of panels uh, wasn't as good as it should have been, but. I guess given that a lot of people aren't ready to go back to conventions and so forth, you got to work with what you got. And, and I totally get it. 
I do like the fact that the convention itself has non-convention hours per se. Like, you know, normally on a Saturday, the con would start at 9 or 10 o'clock. Things kicked off around 11, which was great. Same thing on Sunday. Now, when I got there, there was just a big old line, and it was for the um, COVID check. Something that Anime NYC suffered from. But again, the only reason why Anime NYC suffered from that is because weebs don't know how to read proper instructions on a website. So, yeah. Anywho, it took maybe about 45 minutes to settle that down because I was able to go to my room, relax for a few minutes, unpack it, sort everything, and get into the convention center in under like 15 minutes. So I was, I was good with that. Now, the downside of the Expo Center is that Take a pie, take a piece of pie, take like a normal two normal servings of pie. Those two normal servings are basically the three pan the three panel rooms in the convention center. Everything else is just the convention center itself, and it's divvied up by curtains, which is which is all you can really do. I would say the way it was spread out, it's a lot better than what Anime Next had done at the time. So when you walk in, on your on your right was Artist Alley. A little bit further down was the dealer's room. On the other side was the arcade and the stage. I didn't go into the art to the um dealer's hall until like maybe an hour or two towards the end of the con itself because it was literally like a 30 to 45 minute wait to get in there because of how long the lines were. But I will say uh, there was a lot of cosplayers there and everybody was chill and having a good time. So I was okay with that. Now, I did record a panel called Convention Stories that uh, my friend Dawn Chu had ran. Now, I did participate, so I don't know if you'll see my face in the video or what, but I did tell a couple of con stories and I got a, a, applause for it because I knocked out some incel who was mad I was supposedly hanging around the girl that was nice to him and, and expected more than that from the girl because she was nice to him, you know? And I'm just like, I'm just doing my job. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do as a friend, as a protector, a con dad of sorts. I don't know. Just doing the right thing. So, you know, that was fine and that was good. Um, there were some game shows I checked out and it was all right. Part of the issue was, you know, because of these panel rooms and how small they were, they just got crowded real quick. Now, my main issue is Sunday. Now, we all know Sunday is when we wind down, we chillax, and we go about our day and we go home. They did this at last year. And as in last year, I mean 2019, they put the masquerade at the end of closing ceremonies. That seems ridiculous to me. I honestly agree with that. I don't see a point of putting that at the end. I understand you want to have it's only a two day con and you have good stuff going on, but still, I mean. The big event going on Saturday night was the dance that was only two hours from 8 to 10 o'clock. Honestly, you could have you could have had the masquerade from 
5.30 to 7.30, and then 30 minutes to move the chairs away and have the two-hour rave. Or, you know, 6 to 8, and then from 9 to 11, you know. The con itself, if you're not you, if you're used to comic conventions where things kind of end a little early and you're off wanting to go to like room parties and stuff like that, Castle Point has that vibe because even though it is in a convention center, they don't have like video rooms going on in local hotels. They did use the Harmony Suites for QA sessions, but that's just about it. But. It kind of had like that Comic-Con feel to it. In a way, I liked it because things did not end too late. Because by 8 o'clock, I was basically done and I was back in the room relaxing. But at the same time, you, they could have done a little bit more. It's like the con itself still has that remnants of a college convention because it's still run by Stevens Institute of Technology uh, students with as an alumni, but it's more of the students than it is alumni running this convention. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it could be a little bit better. And I'm just like, just, I don't see a point in having the masquerade on a Sunday like that. Like, Two like uh, two of my friends, after the masquerade, they had to get an Uber back to Penn, back to the Port Authority, so they wouldn't miss their bus back to Boston. You know. So, I would say, given how things are going on in the convention sphere in this area, I think you'll enjoy Castle Point. You'll definitely enjoy the camaraderie. And if the weather is nice, there will be people outside blasting their speakers and having a good time. Now, as for, as for the cosplays, there are cosplayers that are starting to step up their game at Castle Point for craftsmanship. I've seen some really good stuff. So I would give it like a couple of years before Castle Point becomes like not a go-to convention for cosplays, but it'll be considered a convention to go to for cosplays. So... And I'll say, you know, if you go next year, stay at the Hyatt place. I think that's the cheapest one, and it's and they're all sweets. And at least, and you could cut right through the holiday. All you have to walk around the Holiday Inn to get into the get into the um food court area. And at least there is a theater there too. So one stop shopping, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's basically the long and short from my view. If you want to know a little bit more, a little bit more in depth, check out Lachocola's report on Castle Point coming within, I would say, should be up sometime next week. Now that we got that out the way, Mako-chan, what's going on in the world of Sailor Moon news? Yeah, so last week um, we did discuss that there was going to be a uh, YouTube kind of thing um, that was uh, going to discuss the 30th anniversary. And some of the stuff that has come out of that is uh, kind of cool. Yeah. So the very first thing is they are actually animating the final arc of the manga. Mm. Um, they are doing it again as a set of movies. It's going to be called Sailor Moon Cosmos. Um, which for those that, you know, don't know what that final, uh, manga arc is, 
that's when you get stars. That's when you get the starlights. Um, that's when you get basically the last incarnation of the most powerful form of Sailor Moon mm-hmm. as Cosmos. Um, you get... Uh, I'm hoping that we get to see the, um, we get to see, uh, Chibi Moon with her Senshi. Um, so this is, you know, really big. A lot of people did not think that they were going to actually do this. Um, but I'm very excited, uh, about this. So the first movie as of right now Um, is set for early summer of 2023. Again, you know, this is just what's on here right now Mm -hmm. that could change. Um, It looks like most of the cast will be returning. They haven't mentioned everybody. But, uh, yeah, I'm really excited and kind of curious to see how they deal with the Starlights. And you know there are people already pissed at not, that it's not called Sailor Stars. You could tell the difference between those who read the manga and who did not. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so um, there are some, you know, it, it, a lot of people, especially those that know the this, this series and know the manga and know what is going on with this, um... There's a lot of controversy and every country has has done it differently on what the uh, starlights are. Um, some countries, uh, I believe it's Italy, has uh, the starlights and their senshi forms as twin sisters, twin brother, twin sister. Mm-hmm. Um, some have them changing magically from male to female. Um, so that is a lot of, that is a worry for a lot of people that, you know, that's why a lot of people didn't want this arc to actually be animated into um, anything with this coming uh, incarnation. Um, so it's it'll be, It'll be like I'm very curious to see how they're gonna actually handle this, um, and if they do it justice, because um, I, I know that it's supposed to be a play off of Takarazuka. So hopefully that's what they keep it as, and they don't screw up with, you know, anything like that. They're supposed to be, and um, you know, it, it's. Well, that's really big in Japan, and not a lot of people outside of Japan understand that. I really hope that they keep it that way to keep it as close as possible to, you know, the actual incarnation of what it should be. Um, But a lot of countries, again, are, I, I mean, given how far it is between when the original animated series came out and now... I'm hoping that more countries and more places are more open to actually keeping the uh, the idea and going with that and not changing it and screwing it up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, in addition to that, there's actually going to be a 30th anniversary museum. Ooh. 
Um, this is going to be in uh, Tokyo. It's going to run from July 1st to December 30th. It is um, going to unveil key visuals from the manga. It's uh, going to have three phases. So volume one will be July 1st to, to September 4th. Volume 2, September 10th to November 6th, and Volume 3, November 12th to December 30th. It's going to include 600 pieces, including original illustrations and color artwork that will be exhibited for the very first time. Other features include an immersive experience theater, which will display colored images on a screen with special effects a hologram manuscript exhibit, which will display the uh, Sailor Senshi's famous dialogue, anime materials and goods from the 90s to the modern day, and outfits from the musicals. Um, so I'm guessing since they're doing this in three different quote-unquote volumes and three different fa- uh, phases, that the museum will actually be changing things up, you know, during all three of these different uh mm-hmm sections i i guess so for those that are able to go um you may be looking at needing three tickets mm-hmm. now cedabiri says i'm not a huge fan oh. of them calling it cosmos but whatever mainly because i don't see cosmos as actually who a lot of people believe it to be valid point but you also really can't call it sailor stars but i would have preferred that either or Secondly, the fact that it's going to be two movies, again, I think that is a cop-out. And as another friend of mine, Stephanie, we had, I had discussed this because I didn't like the fact that um, the Eternal films were, the Eternal chapters were two films. She said if you broke it down, the time of intro, outro, transformation sequences, and so forth, if, you, if they did that and then removed it, you basically would have the movie. That's a valid point. But I really think that the entire series as a whole could have been done in, I'd say, 100 episodes. You, this would have been perfect for Naoko to properly flush out character development. Stuff that the filler episodes gave us and pissed us off with at the same time. But we could have had that, you know. We could have had some... That's that's the only thing that I I was interested in. Because I'd, I'd sit there and watch um, 26 episodes of, Star, of Stars. Actually... The original be, run of Stars was only episodes. 34 episodes. Yes, and there was filler. Now, it's become typical... A season now is 12 episodes. I honestly think that they could have knocked out stars in 15 episodes, even with, with some character development. But regardless of that, I will still sit down and watch it. And Netflix, and if somebody from Netflix is watching this this show, this stream, please put Eternal out on Blu-ray. There are a lot of Moonies that will throw money at you for this. You did, you did this with Voltron. You did this with Orange is the New Black. Come on. we Could you please? You know? I mean, I could acquire it in different ways, but I'd like to throw y'all like 30 bucks for this. Just saying. 
I will say that I think we would end up with too much filler going with a hundred episodes for what they're, you know, trying to do for crystal because the original, the original manga is only 52 chapters. Mm. So even at one episode per chapter, you're still looking at almost 50 episodes of filler. Okay. So instead of a hundred, well, you could go with 65. I, I get it. There is such thing as too much filler. I just want maybe two or three episodes that are sort of filler that will stretch the storyline along and give character development. The type, But the thing is, I would want Naoko to approve of the filler. Let her, you know, this, this is her baby, you know? Instead of, you know, that I would have been okay with. I think if they would have done it... One episode per chapter. Mm-hmm. That would have given us a 52 episode series. Mm-hmm. Which, you're, when you're talking about a series like that, that's, you know, that they're planning to do as a year series. Mm-hmm. The 52 episodes is what they normally go with. So, if they would have done that originally, I think they would have been fine. Because I think we would have been able to see um, additional character development um, and things work out. And even at that point, there are some chapters in the manga that, you know, are not filler, but Mm -hmm. are not necessarily needed to be, you know, that long, like to do one full episode Mm -hmm. for. So I I think they could have gotten away with the 52 episodes. Um, but I'm not disappointed in neither how I. they're doing it. Neither so. I. And the one thing about stars, and I and I know this, I know this is going to happen, and I know it's going to piss off some people in the fans, people I know. Somebody's going to point out that the starlights are trans. That's what I'm waiting for. That's what I'm waiting for, and that's going to put the fandom on its ear. They're not trans. We know this. They're I know based this. off of yeah. Takarazuka. Yeah, I know this. You know this. Santa Berry knows this. But somebody that's woke is not going to know this and think that otherwise. Because remember, in Voltron Legendary Defender, there were people saying that Pidge was trans. No. Pidge was not trans. Pidge was a prime example of Ukyo Kuoinji from Ranma One Half. Okay, in the anime, everybody thought Ukyo was a boy, but you found out Ukyo was a girl because the name Ukyo is unisexual in Japan. It had something to do with honor and all of that. In Voltron Legendary Defender, Pidge disguised herself as a boy to get into the to get into into the uh, into the college to find out what happened to her older brother, and you found that out like maybe two episodes after that reveal, you know, and and even with that full explanation, you still have people saying that was fake and that was made up. No, it goes back to you know even Fushigi Yugi. Mm-hmm. Nariko is a man. Mm-hmm. 
And if you actually pay attention to his story, mm-hmm. he takes on the persona of Noriko being female mm-hmm. to honor his sister who was killed before her prime. Mm-hmm. So he's actually trying to live his sister's life for her mm-hmm. because she was unable to. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with him actually feeling like he's female. Right. But again, you have those, the newer generation coming in that are woke, that are say otherwise, and you can't tell them anything else. Those are the ones you need to hit, with, you need to drop a steamroller on. I said, no, it's that trope of, you know, a woman hiding her identity behind being a man or vice versa is, you know, years and years and years old. You know, Barbara Streisand has done it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, crap, what's his name? Um, he did Tootsie. Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman did it. You know, it's it's a relatable trope because of, you know, trying to get up in the world and being beaten down by men mm-hmm. or trying to get, you know, a feel of how women work. Or, you know, look at Robin Williams. He did it himself Mm -hmm. to be able to hang out with his kids. You know, so it's not that it's, you know, all of a sudden, oh, no, they're trans. They're not. There's a reason for this. Yes. Not that, you know, none of them have, you know, that kind of, you know, possibility. But. You know, this is not one of them. Mm-hmm. This is specific to Japanese culture. Japanese culture actually, you know, has Takarazuka, mm-hmm. which is an all-female troupe. Mm-hmm. Some playing men and some playing female. It's like reverse and it's, Shakespeare. And it's the opposite version of Kabuki, mm-hmm. which is all men. And as Slime Boy makes a valid point, which... I actually forgot to cover this part, but I'm thankful that they they mentioned this. It's not that they think that they truly are trans. It's rather that's how people connect to a piece of media. Now, and and that and as that part, I remember in one of the Ronma one half groups that I'm in, somebody had written an article about discovering Ronma one half and realizing that they're trans. Now, and I, and I read that story. I read that. And I see the valid point in that. And, and I get that. And I understand that. But my point is more for those who think this is it and nothing else more. That's, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. I yeah. mean, what you take away from a series is going to be your own personal take on things. Mm-hmm. But... When something like this, and I say this as a cultural aspect, mm-hmm. um, that there is a big movement in the Japanese culture for this type of, you know, this type of uh, acting, um, you know, this whole thing. Mm-hmm. It, it To make it be something that it's not, to demand people see it as something that it's not. To, you know, try and force people into that idea takes away from the cultural aspect of it. That's, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, if somebody watches it and goes, hey, you know, I, mm-hmm. I 
understand that and right. you know i feel this for it mm. that's fine yeah but to then you know debate and so yeah All right, moving on. I'll I'll cover this one. Now, one of my favorite uh, cartoons growing up was Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, part of the whole Disney Hour, which became the Disney Afternoon. Um, and as you know, things from the past came 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 full came back as reboots. Like we got Ducktales, three seasons of that. Um, we also got a reboot of Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, which I think it's based like, it's like a continuation of the anime, no, the cartoon, which transcends into real life as if, I think it's like you discover that Rescue Rangers was an actual show in this world or something like that, and they were actors or something like that. So... That that was kind of uh, interesting. Now, what's going to happen is there's going to be uh, cameos of popular characters in this film. Um, you're going to see a Sailor Moon and Mar and a Super Mario cosplayer in the backgrounds. Um, somebody walking around with a Hello Kitty backpack. Uh, you'll see Shenron from Dragon Ball floating around and a Keyblade in there. All of this is in the trailer. So I'm also thinking that, you know, you're going to see a little bit more than that as well when you when you watch this. So it's sort of like, um, what, what was that movie that came out a couple of years back? Um, where it had all of the character, all the cartoon, anime and video game characters appearing. And it was like some type of virtual world or something like that. I know, I can't remember the name of the movie, but I believe yeah, Ready Player One. Yep, yep, yep. And whom? Yeah, yeah, Bonds. That's what it is. Ready Player One. That, that, that's it. That, that, that's the, that's what it was. And it kind of reminds me of that. So, and I'm also curious how they're going to play that off. And CWR says Wreck It Ralph as well. Same thing. Is if you've seen DuckTales, they've already rebooted, um, in a way, Darkwing Duck and Tailspin into the whole DuckTales extended universe. So, and Bonds of Success and the book Ready Player Two should not be made. Well, they didn't, they didn't turn the second Forrest Gump book into a film, so I don't think they're going to do that with Ready Player Two. Considering how far off the Forrest Gump movie was from the book. Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I kind of found that out like a while back. I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. And Clive P says, Gummy Bears had a cameo in DuckTales as well. I totally missed that. Which is kind of why I'm glad I, I, I'm borrowing somebody's Disney Plus so I can actually watch the missing episodes of DuckTales that my DVR never recorded. Which reminds me, I think I'm still on the rewatch of season one. You want to take next one or you want me to take it? No, go ahead, take it. I'll then I'll do the uh, next one then. That's, that's why I figured. That's why I asked. So, 
it, it's been an interesting year in 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 anime industry in the anime industry. You know, there's been a lot of interesting things going on. Some good, some bad. Um, not here to you know. We don't like to like discuss bad news and stuff like that on this show. We really don't. But we do need to talk about this real quick. Um, voice actor Billy Kamitz is currently fighting a battle against stage four colon cancer. So there is a GoFundMe going. Um, as of the time this article came out, which was like three days ago, the campaign was around 85000 of its $100,000 goal. The goal of this campaign will be for travel, insurance costs, and medical bills not covered by insurance and everyday life necessities. Uh, Kamitz revealed this this diagnosis on YouTube about a week and a half ago. He basically said that about 10 weeks ago, he felt pain in his left shoulder blade and and after having difficulties going to the bathroom and keeping food down, um, he went to the doctor and got a CAT scan. Kamitz has stated chemotherapy and radiation has started chemotherapy and radiation therapies and he's been out of the hospital for about two weeks. He is taking a break from, um, from dubs right now. And there's a couple of actors who have stepped in to, you know, cover his, his current roles. Um, he's actually moved back to Pennsylvania to be with his family. And he will announce later via his Twitter, most likely, uh, a P.O. box where people can send him letters and cards and all that good stuff. Now, they currently have somebody. They, I forget who it is. It was he just announced it today, I believe, or yesterday. Um, somebody new who's replacing him as replacing his role is now Fumi in the Rising of the Shield Hero. Now. Camus has also done the voices of Gallo and Promare, White Blood Cell in Cells at Work, and Rui and Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, but most of us will probably definitely know him as Josuke from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Diamond is Unbreakable. And as of right now, they have hit his $100,000 goal. Uh, they have extended it to 150000 and it is at $117,430. So Nice. Yeah. So. Everything is going good. I, I hope that he does beat this and comes back stronger. Because, you know, fuck cancer. Cancer sucks. And all that, all that you know. <sighs> all right. Now, enough about that. We're going to talk about something cool, something interesting. My Neighbor Totoro stage play. Uh, yeah, so um, My Neighbor Totoro is going to be getting a stage play with a production by the Royal Shakespeare Company and longtime uh, Ghibli composer Joe Hisashi. Mm-hmm. So, according to the official website, the world premiere will be held at London's uh, Barbic Stage on October 8th of this year. It will run for 15 weeks only, ending on January 21st, 2023. Hisashi will provide the music for the production, which will be directed by uh, Felim McDermott mm-hmm. and produced in collaboration with Improbable and Nippon TV. Uh, 
so yeah, so um, this is kind of cool that it's actually hitting London, you know, first kind of thing. I think it's pretty cool too. I mean, it's it's definitely a decent movie to go into, um, you know, a stage play like this. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I'm trying to figure out how they will do things, if they're going to do uh, costumes, if they're going to do, um, you know, the lighting effects, because there are a lot of very large characters um, in this movie. So it'll be nice to see how they actually go ahead and put everything together. I just kind of wish I could travel and just see something like this. I think it'd be pretty cool. Well, I mean, it would be nice. I I will say this. Um, A lot of the recorded musicals and plays and things like that that we get are usually done by um, the Shakespeare Company Mm -hmm. or done by the stages in London. Um, Mainly because they are built in such a way to allow for it to be recorded. So there's a very good chance, you know, given that it's happening in London, given that it's being done by the Shakespeare Company, that they will actually do a recording of this for either streaming or sale. And I look forward to that. Yay. Maybe if we're lucky, somebody will sneak a camcorder in and record it. That I don't. <laughs> well, I mean, people have done it to normal Broadway, some, some Broadway p- plays and other stuff, you know. Anything's possible. It, it depends on how large the venue is. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to do that in, say, the old Beetlejuice Theater, um, I don't think that would work given how small the seating area of the theater was. Well, that is and true. that. You know, all of the things that are being done and controlled are behind everybody. So they would definitely see you doing that. Um, Something like this might be because of just the way the theaters are set up. But again, there's really no reason if they have the capability of recording it anyway. True. Now we have another uh, interesting voice actress story, and I'm kind of glad that things turned out the way they did, because I know that the last story is something you'd really enjoy, Baco. I was reading that. What does that have to do with anime? Cosplay. Uh, okay. And I'll, if you, that's what it says in the story. That's the only reason why I added it. I'm reading that story. I don't see anything in this story about cosplay. Well, they make the pr- they make actual cosplay props and so forth. That's why that's what I picked up. That's what they do. Uh oh. Okay. I'm still not seeing that in the story, but okay. Well, I'll I'll dig it up and I'll find it, but um. It's a story, interesting story of voice actress Shoko Nakagawa. It seems that she failed her astronaut application. She applied to be an astronaut for the Japanese Aerospace Exploration Agency, or JAXA for short. 
Unfortunately, she made a follow-up announcement on, I believe, uh, about a week ago that she failed to pass the first level of screen, uh, screening. Nevertheless, she remarked, oh, well, and said that her dream of going to space is unchanged. Now, according to this, 2,266 out of 4,127 individuals passed the first level of screening. It is the first time in 13 years since JAXA has opened up astronaut applications. Nakagawa has previously said that her dream is to become someone who has visited both outer space and the ocean depths, referencing how in 2009 she dived 5,200 meters below sea level in a, man's, in a manned submersible. Nakagawa, also known as Shokotan, is best known as a singer and performing the theme songs for such titles as Gurren Lagan, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Punchline, numerous Pokemon films, and Star Blazers 2199. And she has also guest starred in numerous Pokemon installments and has hosted the ongoing weekly children's variety show Pokemon no Uchi Atomaru, which translates to Meet Up at the Pokemon House for over six years. Oh, sure. I think that's a better story than Jeff Bezos going into space. Now, before we get into this last one, I'm going to I'm going to double check something real quick. And if you want, we can actually skip that and go right into the next section. No, I actually I found where you were talking okay. about that. Okay. All right. It's just it's a very small little blurb, and I missed it on the uh, first run through of this. It, it, that's what I thought, because you know, because when I saw this, you know, I actually it was like part of the the, the Vice article on Facebook that that was mentioned like in the summary. That was the only reason why I had picked it up. That and we don't really talk much about cosplay because we don't get a lot of cosplay stories on here. And a lot of times, you know, when you hear about cosplay, it's basically the site or whoever it is. They're talking about this one particular cosplay and showing off the photos. And we kind of want more than that. We want to talk more about the good things cosplayers do and stuff like that or prop makers and so forth, which is why this story is on here because this is something positive, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was just like, I'm reading through and I'm like, what does this have to do with what we're talking about? So, um, yeah, there is a shop in the Ukraine um, called Art of Steel. And they are helping to protect their city. They are making, or I should say forging, spikes Mm -hmm. to protect Ukrainian checkpoints. Um, They are uh, like it says here like much of the rest of the ukraine many of its citizens are preparing for war the art of steel has spent much of the past few years churning out high quality medieval arms and suits of armor for a community of cosplayers and reenactors now its forges are churning out caltrops meant to block choke points in the city um so yeah uh, they have a facebook Um, And one of their Facebook posts says, a little help in improving the defense of our city. Uh, The post displays steel spikes. Um, All forges in the city make barrier elements. 
Ukrainian armorers are famous in the amateur blacksmith community for their work. If you've been to a convention and seen someone in a steel breastplate, there's a decent chance it came from a Ukrainian forge. Um, so according to Jordan Newman, an amateur blacksmith and geologist in Texas, Ukraine's land has unique mineral properties that have made it a hot spot for smithing. Mm. Um, so it looks like most of their ro- uh, sedimentary rock is rich in iron ore. It's mostly hematite and quartz. So when you smelt it, you end up with slag that is either easy to remove and won't contaminate your bloom. The silica also creates a a glassy flux, which further protects the refined iron from oxygen in the atmosphere. If you're a blacksmith in the early Iron Age, when metallurgy was trial and error, this would have been a blessing. Um, It's, of course, a double-edged sword, because when you have resources, someone else is going to want them. Ukrainian history is rife with these struggles. People visit Ukraine for apprenticeships. Some seek the raw talent that comes from generational trade. Others want to embrace the old ways, which are preserved in a different way than the Americana nostalgia of colonial Williamsburg. So, yeah, um, it looks like a bunch of them uh, are putting out things like spikes and things like that to be able to put onto the roads in order to uh, create some sort of resistance or barrier. Um, Some of them are doing anti-tank barriers. Um, Some of them are making stoves and things like that in order to put themselves into um, a position to help out their fellow Ukrainians. And also, in other words, using your powers for good, you know, that's what that's all about. I will say I'm while I'm not surprised that they're actually doing something something like that watching the stuff because I I do watch you know the the forgers and things like that watching them do stuff and the amount of times that it takes them to make something like this um like I'm just surprised that they're you know spending the time on doing something like this instead of you know, just taking the steel and putting the steel together, um, but actually forging something that seems like, you know, it's just, I, I'm surprised that they're doing that and they're taking the time to do something like that, but it's cool. Most definitely. And now that we got that out the way and we actually was able to kill time, part of the show that y'all really stick around for, meanwhile, in Japan... Um, I'll do the last story. All right. I will do the first one. I had a feeling. Okay. So, um, this legal dispute has everyone feeling a little bit crabby. Boom. <laughs> Um, Every once in a while, we come across warning labels that seem to fall under common sense, like don't put your PlayStation in the microwave or what the heck or don't engage in sexual activity with your pepper robot. But it's rare to actually see one of these in the making. So next time you're in a hotel room and a sign tells you not to boil crabs in your room's electric kettle, you'll know exactly why. 
As reported by the legal news website Mangoshi.com, an unidentified hotel was claiming damages of 40,000 yen, which is about $308, from a guest who, over a stay of several days, used the electric kettle in their room to boil crabs on two occasions. The hotel said that the makeshift cuisine caused an odor that was difficult to remove and made them unable to rent the room for days while it was removed. The guest challenged that, saying it was unlikely the room would have been booked every day afterward anyway. So the hotel conceded that point and reduced the demands to 17,000 yen or $130 for the deodorization of the room and 5,000 yen for a $38 kettle. The guest, however, was still not satisfied with paying any form of restitution, claiming that the air purifier was turned on while cooking and there was no written rule against boiling crabs in the kettle. The court of public opinion, meanwhile, sided unanimously with the hotel in this matter and felt the guest simply didn't have a crab leg to stand on. Uh, It scares me to know there are people out there that do stuff like this. Uh, It's okay to do because no one said not to. That's the typical logic of idiots. It never even occurred to me to put anything other than water in a kettle. There was nothing written against drawing on the walls either, but you still shouldn't do it. Um, It is a little surprising that a hotel's electric kettle has the size and heat retention to thoroughly boil crabs. But since the guest doesn't appear to be riddled with flatworms, it appears it does work. Um, So a lawyer chimed in um, and did explain that the guest is absolutely on the hook for any and all damages incurred from boiling crabs. Firstly, when renting the hotel, uh, renting the room, the hotel and guest enter a contract which obliges the guest to not engage in behavior that would damage the room. Furthermore, boiling water for tea or coffee would be the normal use of an electric kettle by anyone with sound judgment. So anyone using the kettle for an abnormal purpose, such as cleaning underwear, playing baseball, or boiling animals alive, is liable for damages incurred to hotel property in said act. So, yeah, um, definitely I could see being on the hook for the kettle. If you're actually boiling crabs in the kettle itself that is contaminating the kettle... And it cannot be used again because some people are allergic to shellfish. Like Ari. And again, it's like that one person that brings seafood or or just fish to lunch and throw it in a microwave. There are some unwritten rules you don't do. And that's one of them. Our office has a written rule for that. But thankfully at my job, we do get seafood and fish. But it's already cooked and it's and it arrives already set and done, you know. But when you go into a hotel and you book a room, you notice how they charge you extra for liability and stuff like that. This is one of the reasons why they do that. And yes, I know cosplayers who have brought electric tea electric tea kettles, hot plates, and other stuff to cook in the room, which I get and I understand. And it's a cosplay rite of a convention rite of passage to eat ramen from the coffee pot. Unfortunately, a lot of those hotels don't have that style of coffee pots anymore. No, they all switched over to Keurigs. 
Or they have like an instant machine where you just add the water and you drop it in. And for that, you can use instant ramen for it. But still, you don't do that. God. And I see the mirror, he says, Back when I worked in the office, there would periodically be someone not just using a microwave, but the cashiered microwave to heat up fish. It smelled so bad for hours. If you want fish for lunch that bad, go to McDonald's. I mean, really. And now, our last story of the night. We talk about how a Tokyo rapper was arrested for attacking the Yamanote line while they were drunk. <sighs> And the thing is, the public is not at all shocked by this. So what happened was around 2, 2 a.m. on March 25th, witnesses saw um, Masashi Sawada tagging a train door of the Yamanote line train car. Somebody saw it, as I said, and notified the cops. Later on, more markings were found on the walls of Ikebukuro Station and security cameras confirmed that he was the one that made them. The cost of cleaning the train door alone is said to be roughly 80,000 yen, which is $616, and I, I believe that. The 42-year-old was said to have been on his way home from watching a concert and was intoxicated while, watch, while riding on the surfaces with yellow spray paint. Why would he have... I, I, I'm not even going to ask that question. Some reports also interestingly refer to him as a self-proclaimed rapper, which seems to be a bit unnecessary dig at the guy. The label certainly didn't elicit any sympathy from the public either, according to online comments. People have said things like, he looks, like, he looks more like Parappa the Rapper. 42 years old, what are you doing? He just carries spray paint everywhere he goes? Why does it cost 80,000 yen to clean a door? Who takes spray paint to a live show? It's hard being a teenager when you're 42. Now, there are videos of him on YouTube as a rapper. He performs under the name Jay Columbus and Lil Mercy. While it's fair to note that Sawada is a very active musician and not just some guy calling himself a rapper, it doesn't excuse the matter at hand. In fact, any conceivable defense that he was attempting to exercise his freedom of artistic expression was pretty much obliterated by Sawada himself. Upon his arrest, a musician reportedly told police, I think I was drunk, so I can't remember back then, and I don't know what I did. Oh, his lawyer's going to have a field day on that one. Hopefully, in the end, something can be worked out here between the parties involved to everyone's satisfaction. I'd suggest that having the Payback Boys do some free shows at a retirement home and kindergartens around Tokyo as a form of community service. I don't. I, I want to say he's forty-two and he's yet to make it big, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I I think we're done here. I agree. Yeah. 
time to wrap up the show. So, if you like tonight's show, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters. We do this for the fun of it. So, if you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We're here to believe you. And when you add it, don't forget to check out our webpage at animejamsession.com. On that site, you will find our weekly podcast, uh, anime reviews, editorials, cosplayer interviews, cosplayer tips and tricks. You'll find links to our YouTube page of convention coverage and links to our Facebook page where you'll find our all of the cosplay photos. All that and then some at animejamsession.com. And don't forget to check out our podcast on the go. So if you're using Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, any of those cool sites, just search Anime Jam Session. You'll find access to over 500 and something episodes and then some. Some good, some bad, some in the middle. All that and then some on any of those podcasting apps that you support. And if you can, you know, drop us a line, leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you think see what else we have here and don't forget our social media youtube twitter and facebook just it's anime jam session on those just follow us on those so you know when we're going live when we have updates to our website when we have updates to our facebook page and our youtube page and so much more and we couldn't do any of this without y'all and don't forget down below there is our tip jar there's a link to our stream elements on our ko-fi if you want to throw us a few dollars we'd really appreciate that if you want to cheer us on with some bits we love that too and if you can auto host us you know we'd love to share spread the word you know we'd love to get some more people to come hang out and ch chat and participate with us and now i'm going to throw it over to mako chan for last words last words i am going to be curling up with my cats and going to bed my last words is i have to I had to dig that figurine out. I got to put them all back and then take care of that paperwork. That's going to be fun. So that is it. End of list. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And I believe Wild Spice will be joining us. Let me double check my my calendar. No, Ichigo Gami will be joining us next week. And on the 17th, uh, Wild Spice will be joining us. So it'll be four, four, uh, four hosts, four times the fun. So... I think we're golden, so it's time to get out of here. So I'm Ranma. And I'm Mako-chan. Great fight, great night. See you next week. Night. Say goodnight, Mako-chan. Goodnight, Mako-chan. Perfect. Awesome. See you next week.
check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane! <laughs>